this decision. So this ruling that Democrats are celebrating may only be temporary. The judge said presidents are not kings and their aides have no rights to ignore subpoenas. An immigrant from Central America is suing Maryland police for reporting him to ICE officials after he chopped down a tree. Live to CBS's Vicki Barker. First officers from Maryland's Department of Natural Resources fined Jose Ricardo Vialta Canales $320 for lacking a tree-cutting license. Then they searched a national database and found ICE had filed an administrative warrant for his deportation, so they turned him over to immigration officers. But Vialta's lawyers note Maryland state agencies are supposed to act only on judicial or criminal warrants, making his arrest, they say, illegal. No comment from ICE or the Department of Natural resources. Deborah? A couple of turkeys visit the White House today. The president is scheduled to pardon bread or butter to spare one of them from the Thanksgiving dinner table. The White House has been polling people on social media. Mr. Trump may also decide to take his cue from last year's battle when peas beat out carrots. I hereby grant you a full pardon. He sent them both away to live out their days at Gobbler's Rest in Virginia. (laughs) S&P futures are unchanged. This is CBS News. Behind every moment shared with the ones you love is a plan that helped make it happen. Learn more or find an advisor at MassMutual.com. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Hearing, ah, you shouldn't have. Without spending more than you should have. Staples is celebrating Black Friday early with huge savings on laptops, printers, and more. Like the Lenovo Flex 6 2-in-1 laptop with Intel Core i5 processor for just $499.99. That's $300 off. So why wait for Black Friday? Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Ends 12-7-19 while supplies last. The holidays, time for hot cocoa, mistletoe, and spreading joy. A different kind of joy. The joy of pushing your limits on snowy mornings. You feel that, Peloton? That's greatness. The joy of getting the right motivation when you think you can't go any further. Don't back down now. The joy of giving it all you've got until tomorrow. Because our kind of joy will keep you coming back for more. Peloton, way to work. Great job, everybody. This holiday, give the gift of Peloton. And our best offer of the year is here. Get free works accessories with bike purchase. Limited time only. A streaming service is rescuing a classic New York movie theater. It's one of the oldest art movie houses in the U.S., and it's just been saved by Netflix. The Paris Theater, next to the Plaza Hotel and Bergdorf Goodman in the heart of Manhattan, closed in August after 71 years. Netflix announcing a lease agreement to keep it open, saying it plans to use the theater for special events and screenings. Many major movie theater chains have refused to deal with Netflix because it's become huge competition. The streaming giant has also been in a battle with traditional Hollywood over the Oscar eligibility requirements that films in contention run in regular theaters for a certain period of time. Matt Piper, CBS News, New York. A koala bear rescued from a brush fire in Australia has died. Veterinarians say he couldn't recover from his burns and they euthanized him. The bear was courageously plucked from the flames by a grandmother who ripped off her shirt to use as a blanket and doused the koala with water before she scooped him up in her arms and brought him to safety. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. With the stock market at all-time highs, cash in your profits now and invest in an asset that can potentially pay for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-defined accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. Call now to learn how you can potentially achieve 20 or more years of income and deduct 100% of every dollar invested against all forms of income. Call 1-800-803-8511. Invest in your future and buy oil. Encore is drilling in an area that is potentially one of the most prolific horizontal oil plays in the entire country. Oil prices are projected to rise, so you need to own a piece of an oil field. Encore Energy is the most active oil and gas operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 1-800-803-8511. You'll be calling directly to the home office of Encore Energy. That's 1-800-803-8511. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
At Century National Bank, we believe strong communities are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank, member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com. Here at CNE Hardware and Outdoors in Athens, we're having a sale so big it can't fit into just one day. We're going to make it last a whole week. From December 2nd until the 7th, we are reducing prices on tons of items. Electric ranges starting at $300. Hot point washers starting at $360. 9 mil ammo starting at $7. 20% off all fishing and hunting gear, and the list goes on and on and on. CNE Hardware and Outdoors, your place to shop local for the holidays. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. It's not the Kim and Ruth show. It's really... (laughs) Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06, and we'll spend... Alpine Heating and Cooling is a local, veteran-owned HVAC contractor providing you comfort with their best guaranteed prices, 24-7 emergency service, 10-year warranties on new systems, and free estimates. Alpine, with a Y, uses quality products from top brands like Ream and LG. Call them at 740-591-2777 or email bill at alpinehvac.com. Alpine Heating and Cooling, helping you stay cool and drop it like it's hot. When the pimp's in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Hello, I'm Archie Griffin, football's only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Together, Modus Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance are now in Cova Insurance. Much like in athletics, Encova relies on teamwork, accountability, and dedication to execute a successful game plan. With smart digital solutions, superior financial strength, and more, Encova provides a full range of insurance products to encircle businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. Contact your independent Encova insurance agent or visit Encova.com for more information. Follow along with Power 105 and 97 WATH on Facebook. Like our page for contests, prizes, community updates, and of course, some laughs. Check us out on Facebook at Power 105 WXTQ slash 97 WATH. And don't forget to click that like button. What a bunch of sunshine. Gorgeous outside, and uh, but this too will change, I guess, when you look at the weather forecast for the next few days. We make holiday travel kind of dicey in some parts of our nation, and really windy around here. Special edition today, we're going to be brought up to date on. The activities of Ohio University Ice Hockey. Bird Arena, it's a great place to go. And for years, I followed it very closely, and I, I'm ashamed that it's kind of fallen off my uh, my normal habit here recently, but... Uh, uh, my granddaughter is pulling me back in, that's for sure. So anyway, joining us live this morning, the head coach of Ohio University Hockey, our college team, Cole Bell. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, morning. welcome. Hey, um, you know, I, my wife will attest to this. She used to live in Washington, D.C. I used to commute uh, somewhat to Washington almost on a weekly basis. And I would be anxious to catch the uh, TWA Flight 624 on Friday afternoons so that I could make it to Athens in time for the game. Well, you're a smart man. Well, I mean, you know, she felt shorted, you know? (laughs) Like, well, what's more important, me or that, you know? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, folks, I'm still coughing. But uh, anyway, it's um, my years with ice hockey in Ohio University have been terrific as a fan. 
And, um, you know, I, I think back, John McComb was a good friend. And he was the very first coach. And uh, the, the team was, uh, the first year the team uh, existed was 1958, I think. And uh, Mercy, they only had like four games that year. But uh, that was the beginning, you know? And uh, look at what we are now. And uh, so so let's just get going. First of all, uh, Cole, you, you're you uh, the head coach. Yes. yes and uh, you've held that post now how long? Uh, this is my first year here, so um was hired around May and uh, been here ever since. So uh, had you been to Athens much before? I had. This is actually uh, when I came for the interview and, and eventually got hired. It was my third time. Uh, the first was back in 2013. Uh, the ACHA held their All-Star Game here. It was my senior year of college and was lucky enough to get selected for that and Got to come to Athens for the weekend and, and play the game and do the skills competition and then and then hang out with some of the guys afterwards and, and kind of experience what Ohio hockey is all about. And then uh, a couple of years ago, uh, my previous job um, with the University of Jamestown up in North Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, homecoming weekend actually here in Athens, uh, we brought the team down and, and played a couple games against Ohio and uh, I really got to get a good feel of what the atmosphere is like in Bird Arena and and how crazy it can get and loud and um oh that was yeah that was a fantastic weekend bird arena folks um you know we are lucky um there are many college campuses that don't have an ice arena um uh, bird i mean there's some people that would say hey we need to get a better arena than that but it's still pretty nice yeah i mean it uh it's, it's definitely dated it's, it's older mm-hmm. uh but with that comes some benefits you know you 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 walk in there, you skate on that ice, and you can just imagine the the history that's been there, the people that have walked through that door, uh, the things that have gone on there, and uh, you don't get that at a new arena. Sure, it's got all the it's flashy and bells and whistles, and it might have a, a better face to it, but you don't have the character that Bird Arena does, and we're pretty thankful to have one right in the middle of campus there, in a great location, and and uh, be able to call that place home. Well, the the arena seats. Um, you know, I've never known this figure. How how many does it accommodate? Our capacity would be just over twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, when twelve hundred people are in there, it's jumping. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's really hard to talk to the guys on the bench sometimes just because of how <laughs> loud it gets. Well, it's it's so cool. Anyway, uh, it, it, you know, in the um, the number of fans that have been going for years and years and years, and it's just. It's so ingrained in them. Um, it's it's terrific. And uh, the Blue Line Boosters and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Well, um, let's talk about your background. So where, where were, you know, where's hometown? Where's, where were you raised? Uh, raised in Davenport, Iowa, the okay. Quad Cities. Um, we moved there when I was six from Buffalo, New York. And uh, I was there, lived there until I, I went off to college. And Great place. It was the first time I... Uh, played organized hockey anyway, um, was out there, uh, played my junior hockey there, um, and had a lot of great friends, had a great experience, and, and um, you know, I kind of enjoyed living out in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, the um, my first experience was up in uh, Ashland, Ohio, uh, on a farm pond. Okay. You know? Yep. A- and um, actually near Savannah, Ohio. And uh, it was a family farm. I'm part of the family, and and um, during the holidays, and you put on skates, and mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you know you shoveled snow, and yep, yep. Cl- cleared the ice, and it was it was really fun. Yeah, it uh, you can't beat playing hockey outside. I think that's basically how we all started. I know when I was in Buffalo, first six years of my life, big Savers fan. My dad and I, and and eventually my two younger brothers would always go out in the driveway and play hockey out there and then when we moved to Iowa we all got a little bit older and there was a pond uh, right in the middle of the park right in the middle of town and, and we'd go out there seemed like as often as we could for three four hours at a time couldn't feel your feet couldn't feel your fingers but we were having a good time and, and for a while there it actually was a, a Christmas day tradition where we'd go and play pond hockey and, and I don't think we were ever the only ones out there it's always packed with people yeah Delaware uh, Ohio had a similar experience yeah. Well, um, so, you know, was your father a hockey player himself? 
No, he wasn't. Okay, um, so what, how did this all come about? He uh, he wasn't a hockey player. He was a huge hockey fan, though. Okay. Um, when he was growing up, him and his family had season tickets to the Sabres. Uh-huh. Um, and I just I don't think hockey was ever in the cards uh, for him to play with his family. And um, But he played a lot, you know, in the tennis courts and on the ponds and driveways and things like that. And But big, big Sabres fan and... Um, you know, as soon as I got old enough, he started taking me to games, and, and I fell in love with it right away. I have a friend, uh, Jim Kurtz is his name. He is actually a, um, what would you call it, an usher. Okay. Up at um, uh, Nationwide No, 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 where do the uh, Blue Jackets play? Nationwide Arena. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got it right. Yep. Um, and he is, you know, an absolute nut, <laughs> you yep. know, about the game. And uh, it's just amazing how, um, well, just to listen to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, funny Usher story is every once in a while we'll be back in Buffalo, especially when we were, you know, still in grade school. We'd go back for the holidays and always try to get to a Savers game with my dad and my brothers and, and aunts and uncles. And um, the Usher that they had, when my dad had season tickets, was still there, so we'd always look for him. Yes, of course. And uh, it, it, same thing. Everybody's just so passionate about the game because they understand how, how awesome it is and how much fun it is to be a part of. Well, so um, this must have been uh, really cool to get um, uh, selected to be the head coach at OU. Um, now, th- let's talk about collegiate hockey in general. Um there is NCAA hockey. Yep. Um, now, oddly enough, uh, there are, uh, by NCAA, I mean varsity, okay? Yep. Now, uh, oddly enough, in hockey, um, there are far more programs that are club programs. Yeah, yeah. I think. And in fact, I would say a number of it's almost, I don't want to say more prestigious, but it's certainly uh, a lot more competition. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some great schools uh, in the ACHA and then schools that everybody's probably heard of, you know, uh, Arizona State and UNLV and University of Illinois, Iowa State was just here. Um, you know, some big schools that uh, have an opportunity to have a hockey team and, and we have an opportunity to play them. And and there are schools also who have both. Yes. Um, I think of Penn State. I think of Ohio State, and so on and so forth. Sure. Um, but uh, really, uh, the National Club Hockey Association is a big deal. Yeah, I think um, the ACHA has, I want to say, almost 500 teams, if not more. Under the umbrella, they got three divisions of men's hockey and two divisions of women's. Um, you know, so they're they're providing an opportunity for a lot of people to continue playing ho- hockey and and to play college hockey and, and enjoy that experience. Now, um, you know, we know that um, baseball, basketball, football, whatever, there are scholarships. Um, at the club hockey level, do they have such things? Nope. We uh, we follow the same rules as NCAA Division III. Um, so we're not allowed to offer scholarships for hockey. Now, of course, these guys come in and they can get all the, the typical scholarships for academics or awards and grants and, and test scores and things like that. But um, we're not allowed to offer them just because they're on the hockey team. Okay. See, now I have misunderstood this. I thought there was a, a, you know, they have divisions also in club hockey. Yep. And I I was under the impression that uh, uh, Division One, the largest of the schools, did have some offerings, but maybe not. Nope. Okay. So I'm mistaken. Um, well, then it's really got to be the love of it, doesn't it? Yes, yes. All these guys love showing up every day. Um, very competitive group of people and... And, uh, you know, they love putting on the, the Ohio jersey and, and fighting for the school. They love being a part of this place and, and uh, you know, being on this team. Do you think, um, uh, you know, how do I want to say this? Um, is there, if someone could play on a 
NCAA team, uh, would they go there or would they still like what we do at the club hockey level? Sure, sure. Um, it depends what level, I guess. Uh, you know, NCAA Division One is the cream of the crop when it comes to college hockey. That's where you're going to get the scholarship, so that's that's obviously very enticing. Um, Division One has a lot of NHL draft picks that come out of there. Uh, NHL free agents sign out of there, so it's it's pretty good hockey. The best way I can describe it uh, with the levels is there's 70 or so in Division One NCAA. There's 70 or so teams Division Three NCAA, and then uh, you know 70, 80 Division One ACHA teams. But of course, you got your top ACHA teams that could beat bottom Division Three teams. Top deep Division Three teams could beat bottom Division One NCAA teams. So. Um, if you really want to do the math and add it all up and put it all together, I'd say Ohio is, is within the top 100 in the country. And, and that's definitely an attractive situation for somebody to be a part of. And on top of that, we have something that division three schools can't offer. Um, those aren't big state schools like we have here with all the resources and academics that we can offer. Those are usually your small private schools with 12, 1500 students and, mm-hmm. and limited resources. And, it's a unique experience, but uh, it, it's definitely different. So if you find a kid that wants what we can, what life is like here in, in Athens, and, and to be a part of a big school like this and a great school like this, then uh, and on top of that, we we have a pretty darn good hockey program too. So you get a lot of kids that that make the choice to come here and are pretty excited about it. When you go to Bird Arena, uh, displayed above the ice are various banners. Uh, representing various years of competition and so on. Um, tell our listeners what what's on display down there. Well, the the big ones are the four national championship banners. Um, something we're fairly proud of um, as a program. The last one was in two thousand four, uh, and in the ACHA. And one of my goals here, uh, taking this job, is right now Ohio is the, the second. Uh, most successful program in the history of the ACHA. Penn State has won five national championships, and then in second place is Ohio with four. So with as good as we've been uh, on a yearly basis, I think it's time we're due. Um, And, uh, you know, since 2004, it's been 15 years now where we haven't won one. And, uh, you know, that's something I think we need to to think about and and work for because, it's time, you know, I told the guys when I took the job and, and met with them at the beginning of the year that I want to make this the, the most successful program in ACHA history. And, you know, we, we need to start racking up some national championships. And, of course, it's not easy. You can't just talk about it. And it's not going to happen every year. There's a lot that needs to go into it. But, you know, that's definitely the goal here, uh, especially this season with the team that we have. So um, when do you guys first take the ice uh, seasonally? When are you allowed? Uh, first day of class. Okay. Yep. Um, now, you know, in other sports, there are certain days that you can and you can't. Sure. Yep. Uh, during the course of the calendar year. Uh, does that not apply in hockey? Uh, not in the ACHA, no. Okay. Um, the, the practice schedule, um, preseason, um, are we talking about a um, couple hours a day? Yep, yeah, we're usually on the ice these days about an hour, but you know, training camp preseason was about an hour and a half to hour forty-five. Okay, um, and that's just the on-ice stuff. There's there's off-ice workouts in the gym that go along with that. Now um, it takes a staff, right? Oh yes. So um, not only do you have assistant coaches, um, each with their own area of expertise, we assume. Yep. But also staffers that uh, help with uh, oh, yeah. all the transportation arrangements and publicity and uh, what have you, right? Absolutely. So um, collectively, what kind of staff? Are we talking about uh, 20 people or 14 or what? Uh, Well, I got three coaches on staff. I have a a graduate assistant, my main assistant coach, um, doing a fantastic job. And then we actually have two video coaches. They're they're students at Ohio that have a hockey background, are very interested in becoming coaches as they grow older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you what, they do a fantastic job. They're very bright, very smart, um, extremely hardworking. And then when you couple that all together with the fact that they're volunteering at the same time, um, 
you know they're just here because they want to help the program they want to grow their own resume their own experience and um, can't say enough about what they offer and then on outside of the hockey operations department uh, we have people working for social media putting out all that great content that uh, hopefully everybody is seeing um, people helping with ticket sales uh, the game day operations staff uh, tried to really increase and improve that this year and, and do some more in the arena for you know add some more entertainment than what besides just what's going on on the ice and and uh, I think all together we're we're looking at 14 people I believe yeah it's cool yeah uh, I know a couple of them one is Mallory and um She's she's terrific and she helps us a lot out here too. Okay. Yep. Well. Um, okay. So, uh, is there a limitation to the team size? No. Um, okay. So let's let's talk about the various positions. Sure. Now, obviously, there's goalies. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, how many goalies might a team um, have on their roster? Sure. Right now, we have three. Okay. Um, is that well, common? Yeah, I'd say that's fairly common. We'll we'll dress two a night, and you always want to have uh, one or two extra, just in case there's an injury or whatever. You can still maintain that that two per night mm-hmm. um, dressed. Now, um, then there's defense and offense, right? Correct. Are there any other categories? Yeah. So, um, defense you'll have left and right, but more or less they're interchangeable. Just kind of. Um, where you go out on for that shift, but offense you'll have a, a left wing, right wing, and a center, um, and uh, usually that's the, the wings can be interchangeable, but the centers are the centers, and that's uh, they usually play that position only. So this makes sure we we realize our audience may never have been to a game. So how many are on the ice per team at any given moment? Uh, one goalie, five skaters. So you'll have a six. Six total, yep. Two defensemen, a center, and two wingers. Now, if someone has done something wrong, <laughs> uh, they get put in a box, right? Yep. The penalty box, typical penalty is two minutes. Um, we do have five-minute penalties, but those are usually a little bit more rare. At least we'd like for them to be a little bit more rare. Usually uh, you have to really earn one of those to get five minutes, but typically two minutes. So that means that you're skating with... Um with with four, yep, instead yep. of five, yep, yep. So, so in theory, that gives the advantage to the other team. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Now, um, the the lines, I guess you call it. Yep. Um, they change on the fly, don't they? Yes, they do. I mean, you don't blow a whistle and then change a line. It all happens in real time. Yes, it does. It's it's something that uh, keeps me busy on the bench. That's for sure. Um, but with as hard as these guys go and, and with as much as it takes to, to play hockey and, um, you know, you can't be out there for more than 45 seconds to a minute and you're off. It's, it's not like, I don't know, maybe basketball would be a, a good comparison where you can play upwards or north of 30 minutes a night. I mean, a, a good forward is, is playing somewhere around 25 minutes per night. A good defenseman is probably playing around 27 to 30 minutes a night, but only 45 seconds at a time. Wow. Okay, now um, um, a game is uh, periods. Yep. And there's what, three? Three periods, three 20-minute periods. 20 yep. minutes. So an hour of ice. And uh, during that time, if it ends up in a tie, there's overtime? Yep, five-minute overtime where we actually drop down to three-on-three hockey. Um, So there's only three skaters on the ice, and then, of course, the goalie. And that can get really exciting. There's just a lot more room to operate, um, a lot uh, easier to create exciting situations and and scoring chances. Um, So, you know, it's a pretty unique thing. Now, a football field... um, is 100 yards. It doesn't matter whether it's high school or college or pro. Um, baseball fields, they can have different dimensions. Um, but ice hockey arenas can have different dimensions too, right? Uh, they can, um, especially with Bird Arena. Typically they don't. Um, usually they're only 200 feet long and 85 feet wide. Uh-huh. Same size as the NHL plays on. Um, 
the Olympic ice or international ice, which you might see in Europe, is 100 feet wide. But Bird Arena, I think we're 190 feet long, so 10 feet short, mm-hmm. and uh, 83 feet wide, I believe, so two feet. Well, maybe two, it's two changed over yeah. the years, but it used to be that uh, really many arenas were different. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, um, I think it's gotten more regulated now, but I, I think that's why we have the different ice at Bird is just because it's a little bit older. So um, teams coming in here uh, might find the arena just slightly shorter than they're accustomed to. Yes, yeah, a little less space, a little tighter out there, and I think that plays to our advantage. Well, sure. Yeah, we're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, they might feel cramped up a little bit. Exactly. So um, the why, why do you think there's such a passion for hockey? Um, on the part of fans and uh, here at Ohio University and the sport in general. Yeah. Um, you know, for any of those listeners out there that haven't been to a game, if you go to one, you figure it out pretty quick. It, it's And watching on TV, is, you know, really doesn't do it justice. No, I agree. It, it, uh, you go to a game, it, it's fast, it's physical, it's exciting. Uh, you know, you... We were just talking to uh, somebody the other day about this where there's a lot that a hockey player has to be good at. They have to be big and strong and physical, but at the same time fast, quick, and agile, which are two things that don't normally go together um, in an athlete. They have to be tough and resilient, um, but they also have to be skilled and finesse. And when you get all of those things put together, uh, it creates a pretty exciting product. Yeah, but, you know, I've seen these guys off the ice. And I would not say they're big and tough, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're strong. Yeah. And they are certainly uh, appear to be very agile. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's not like looking at a, a lineman. Sure, sure. On a football yeah, situation. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's special about hockey that I think players, coaches, fans realize that when you put on the gear, put on the jersey, get on the ice... Uh, everything that you do goes to another level. And, you know, I think what we saw Saturday at our last game here was a great example. It was, we were actually, like we were just talking about, we had taken a penalty. We were down to four men. And um, late in the game, we already had our 2-1 lead. And uh, one of the defensemen on the other team gets the puck and, and winds up and, and takes a slap shot. And, and this kid had a can, and we all knew it. We had seen it a few times that weekend. And one of our guys got down on a knee and blocked a shot, blocked it in a place with no pads, um, had a hard time getting up, wow. um, uh, stumbling around and limping around on the ice. But the puck was still in the zone. He couldn't get off because if he got off, then really big advantage for the other team, and he knew that. And mm-hmm. don't you know, about 20 seconds later, his guy gets the puck again, winds up again, takes another slap shot. And don't you know, he gets down and blocks another one. I think caught this one in the arm again with no pads. And it's, you know, that kind of toughness that uh, resonated on the bench, resonated, in, like the crowd went nuts. They they appreciated that. Just a willingness to, to sacrifice for your team. Years ago, there was a fellow that I'm sure you've heard about, Dr. Dan Marizan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would help him uh, suture. Yep. Uh, because the, there are injuries <coughs> on the fly. And uh, you suddenly uh, leave the... Um, well, we'd be up in the uh, like the little elevated press box mm-hmm. there because he was often the play-by-play guy for the TV camera. Sure. But if something's going on, you know, yep. you leave the box yep. and yep. Uh, take care of that player. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, I just, uh, it is such an exciting game. And you know what? You go there, and you may not know a thing about it, but... People to either side of you will be thrilled to point it out what just happened, and pretty soon you get it. You get it. Yep. You know. You 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 understand. Well, um. Uh, so tell us about uh, growing up. Was hockey always in your um, dominion? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty much dominated my life and my schedule for ever since I was six years old. Your father wanted that to be, eh? Uh, I think he was just happy that I was happy. Um, both of my younger brothers played hockey for just one year each, and they didn't really take to it like I did. But um, 
you know, never really a push for my parents to make them play. One brother grew up playing baseball. One brother grew up as a golfer, and and they were just as happy for them. Um, so I think he was happy that I found something that I loved and, and was passionate about, and, uh, you know, and he enjoyed supporting me just like he enjoyed supporting my brothers in the other sports. So let me ask, did you participate in other sports as well? Yeah, sure. I played uh, some soccer in elementary school, played some Little League baseball, uh, played a year of high school golf. Um, and then, of course, you know, I had my neighborhood friends, and we'd play just about everything under the sun sure. throughout the summer. But, uh, you know, those were always things just for fun. It, ultimately, it was hockey. Now, um, you know, I we've just met today. Um, I've seen you from a distance a couple times and, and knew who you were. Sure. Uh, you appear to be pretty young. Uh, so what, what, what's your, what's your, what's your goal future wise? Um, you stay in the game. You know, yeah. this is a, I, I tell everybody today, it's, it's kind of a scam that they pay me to do this and then I get to do this as a job. Um, there's very, rare, very rarely a day I feel like I'm going to work. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that and, and whatever I can do to, to maintain that and make a career out of this is, uh, you know, that's my goal. So, um, Scott stepped out for a minute, but I was going to get him involved here. Um, he was the business manager for athletics uh, for many years. Okay. Uh, so football, basketball, sure. you know, all yeah. that stuff. Um, you know, now you're, you're not a varsity team. Uh, so I'm... I want to know, how is a club team funded? Um, yeah, so yeah, there's some pros and cons to it. I think one of the big pros uh, for us not being a varsity team is how we're funded, and it gives us the flexibility to be creative and, and try to increase our budget, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. But um, our, our biggest source of revenue is through ticket sales, um, sponsorships in the arena, and then... Of course, we get a lot of support from our alumni and, and local supporters, businesses, trying to get the word out and, and donating money, donating time, donating donating effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ultimately, the the biggest chunk of that pie is is due to ticket sales. I I can't remember how many years ago it was, um, and it may have happened another time since. But uh, there was a year that we were going to host the national championships. And um, somebody called me and said, Dave, can you, can you organize all the broadcast stuff? And uh, we want to broadcast every single game, not necessarily locally, but to the local community that sent sure. the team. You sure, know? sure. So that was a big, tall order. Oh, yeah. Because you're playing game after game after game for a four- or five-day period. Yep. And... Um, in the talent, right? <clears throat> so, you know, somebody said, well, uh, call Gordy McCants. And then they started naming names. And I called different people, and they said, yeah, we'll come down. And they all had played here. Sure. And loved Ohio University. And um, so we put together a whale of a program. And this was all done via telephone lines. It was before the days of internet distribution and streaming and all that stuff. And it worked out real well. Um, Now, how how often do we get that kind of opportunity to host something at that level? Uh, Unfortunately, at least the way it looks for now, is I don't think we'll have an opportunity to host a national tournament anymore. They've gone actually to a pretty good model where they partner with the NHL and a local NHL team. So um, last year was down in Dallas, and the Stars played a big part in it. The previous two years actually were up in Columbus, um, and the Blue Jackets hosted it. This year again is in Dallas. Following year, next season is up in Boston. Um, I think it's just gotten too big where, you know, one thing that really hurts is we do only have the one ice sheet. Um, but, uh, like, I know the rink in, in – um, Boston we're going to, I think, has eight ice sheets in it for all uh, five divisions in the ACHA. So, But I like it. Uh, you know, It'd be nice to have one here at Bird Arena just because it'd be nice to have the fans be able to, to watch and attend and cheer us on. Um, obviously a little tough for them to get to those places, but um, you know, the model uh, with partnering with 
with the NHL is, is definitely helps and definitely provides a lot of support uh, for those tournaments. Well, this whole thing of ice arenas and ice sheets, that's the surface. And, you know, an ice arena can have three sheets. They're just all divided up into different parts of a building. Um, you know, these parents uh, often have to haul their kids a distance to <clears throat> be participating at even the youngest levels. Yeah. It uh, like when I was growing up in Iowa, it would be common for us to drive five hours across the state to uh, get to a game for a weekend. Um, and still so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, things haven't changed that no, much. No, not at all. Because you you got to yeah. go where the other teams are, right? So, it's a lot of hotels. It's a lot of travel on the road. But y- it also y- means, folks. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Cole, but. Um, it also means that there's an awful lot of people coming some distance to use Bird Arena. Absolutely. For their youngsters. Absolutely. Now, I got a granddaughter and now a grandson who's just starting, but the granddaughter's um, been out there a couple years now, and she's looking pretty sharp on the ice. And um, she's eight. Now, our four-year-old, this is his first year on the ice, and, you know, each time... Each Monday night when I go, um, he's looking better. Yep, yep. And then I don't get there on Wednesday nights when they also are out. So um, it's it's really cool. Yeah. There's, the youth programs, let's talk about that. Yeah. it. Uh, you know, one of the cool things that I, I guess I never realized when I took the job, but when I got here I was kind of clued into is this is the only rink in southeast Ohio. And there's people that come play for our youth program from hour, hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Down in West Virginia. Yep. And, and um, I mean, really, distance, folks. And, and they're here every Monday and Wednesday. And uh, other days, too, depending on the age group and that sort of thing. Yeah, without, without Bird Arena, without an ice arena on campus, uh you know, we'd be taking away that experience, that those memories for all those families. Um, that's it's really cool that we're able to provide that. So, a club team. Um, you mentioned how the funding goes to, to some degree, but what I'm in is, who is the managing authority? Is it rec park? You know, recreation. Yep. Yeah, campus recreation, campus which rec. is ultimately under student affairs, but. Um, you know, campus recreation is is where my position falls under, and I'm very thankful for those people that very supportive of the program. They want the program to succeed. They want the guys to grow and develop um, as young men here, and and uh, they make a lot of all of this possible. Well, um, it's just so exciting, folks. Um, I told this story early. You may have missed it, but I would leave Washington, D.C. on a certain flight early enough that I could get to a bird arena by 7 or 7.30 and sit in the blue line section and just thoroughly enjoy myself. Yeah, you know, it's the more we play here, uh, the more home games that we have, um, the more I start to recognize the same people that are coming over and over and over again. It's great to see. It's great to have that support. And, you know, other teams recognize it, too. We... We play 37 regular season games, and only 10 of them are on the road. Uh, you know, we have to go on four road trips for uh, conference play, mm-hmm. and then we usually take one other one, and, and that's our 10 games. Um, and we're able to do that because teams want to come here and play because they want to play in this environment. They want to be uh, at Bird Arena, um, even though the fans aren't cheering for them. Uh, it's still an exciting thing, an exciting time for a, a team to come in. You know, um, I mentioned John McComb as being the first of the coaches uh, in the the uh, many years of Ohio hockey. In Mercy, I think he had like 20. Um, but there's been Mike LaRue, um, Tiff Cook. Um, now, a couple fellows that I was involved with, uh, McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yep, Craig McCarthy. Craig McCarthy, yep. yes. And, um, oh, well, but the point is, um, we've had some real quality guys. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's a very attractive program to be a part of. You, mm-hmm. you know what kind of support they have. And there's a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And um, these exceptional individuals have been recognized for their years of engagement with Ohio hockey. Then you have a Players Hall of Fame. And, mm-hmm. um, now, you have an advisory board, right? Sort of. No, I, I was told you did. You're, you're looking mean, at it. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I know there's a series of parents and fans who meet regularly. We have the Blue Line Boosters, um, and they, they do a lot. Uh, I don't know if they're an advisory board, but they definitely, uh, you know, make a lot of things happen and, and uh, a great resource for us and, and uh, really look out and take care of the boys when they can. And uh pretty special group of people. Now, over the last uh, five or six years, I think I've heard a couple of rumors about could there be a new ice arena? Um, and I've, I've, my ears perk up, but I've never heard anything much more about it. Have you heard anything? No. Uh, I think just like you, you hear the rumors. Um, you know, obviously it, it costs a, a decent chunk of change to bring a new arena in, and I think at some point it'll probably have to happen just because the uh, the refrigeration units, the cooling units that keep the ice frozen are, are getting dated and um, replacing them is is no uh, easy task and, and no cheap chat task. So mm-hmm. I think the time is coming where there's going to be a need for a new arena. Um, but at this point, you know, I, I think they're all just rumors and... and uh, you know, happy to have Bergerino with, with what we got right now. So, um, give our audience a little, a couple clues. Um, if um, if they want to understand hockey, should they just go to a game? Just come to a game. Um, it, it's really not a hard game to figure out. Uh, and even if you don't necessarily know all the rules, uh, know all the ins and outs, and know the, know the strategies and the X's and O's, you're still going to come and you're going to see things that are exciting. Um, things happen fast. You're going to be able to tell a good play when you see it just by the athleticism of the guys on the ice. Um, and then you're just going to get immersed, especially here at Bergerina, immersed into the crowd and, and feed off of the crowd's energy. And, and uh, you know, the more you come, the more you'll start to figure out. But... I've talked to a lot of people that, that show up and, and don't really know what's going on, but they know it's exciting. They they know um, they see a lot of good plays. They, they see a lot of uh, uh, energetic moments and, and passion on the ice and off the ice, and it's just a fun atmosphere to be a part of. What is something that you've observed elsewhere that you'd like to bring to Bird Arena that uh, you've not been able to do? Um, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that I really like about this job is the flexibility that we have and, and we do have some really great fans and, and want to continue to create a, an exciting environment for them. And, and when I came here and started to assemble a, a staff underneath me and speak with some of the people that I work with, you know, being successful is, there's no magic cure. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And we're, we more or less operate like a, a minor professional hockey team. So take a look at what some of those programs do to, to operate and, and sell tickets and raise money and, and win hockey games and, and apply that here. And um, I think we've started to already build some uh, entertainment in the arena besides just the hockey part of it. And I think that's something that we're going to continue to try and build off of through the rest of the year and then into future years. There's a lot of excitement at the arena that goes, you know, it's a combination of the uh, host announcers and the music selection and all of that sort of thing. And uh, in between periods, there's offerings yep. too. Yeah, in, be- in between periods, TV timeouts that we have for our broadcast crew, we have uh, we have some contests that fans are able to take a part of. They're fun. You know, I, I know in the third period is probably one of my favorite. If I am in a place where I can take half a second to listen, we do a a name that tune thing where they usually play a, a pretty mm-hmm. comical song uh, that everybody would know. And he, he, we have a guy in the, the stands with a mic and pick a fan and, and figure out if he can figure it out. And, and um, a lot of prize giveaways and things just to, to entertain the fans. And, and hopefully at some point you come enough that you're able to take part in one of the, the, the 
activities and, and contests. So, um, typical ticket price is eight dollars. Eight dollars. Yep. And uh, of course, you have uh, concession offerings. Yep, concession stand there. Yep. And um, there's even a um, what would you call it a, a fan shop. Yeah, pro shop. Yep, with, with some uh, hockey gear, Ohio hockey in apparel, apparel and yep. that sort of thing. Yep. And um, it's just a great time. Okay, now let's let's talk more about the youth stuff. Uh, and I don't know if that's uh, a topic you're really familiar with or not, but try. Okay. It. Uh, I know one of the really cool things that we're actually in the middle of right now as kind of a pilot program is uh, we partnered with the Columbus Blue Jackets for a learn-to-play program, and that's something the NHL runs in every NHL city. Every NHL team has a program like this, and, and we've kind of been doing it already. Um, but partnering with the Blue Jackets take is, takes it to a whole nother level and a whole nother level of professionalism. And um, it's a really good deal that's that's funded through the NHL and, and the NHL Players Association. For this session here was $115. Uh, they get on the ice six times um, over the course of six weeks and, and get to basically learn how to play hockey and, and learn how to skate. And um, the big cherry on top is, is a part of your registration they got full gear head to toe skates included um there's to the keep whether they stick with hockey or whether that six weeks was enough for them and and they don't want to do it anymore you know we just want to get people involved and and that's something that going into next year we're going to look to grow and develop and, and continue partnering with the blue jackets on um because it has worked out so well we have 50 kids uh enrolled in it, all ages five through eight um, that are first-time hockey players, and, and hopefully we get to keep them in the game. Um, no, Sedona's in her second or third year, and uh, she's eight. Um, it's it's amazing to see each year how she has become better. Yeah. yeah. And uh, faster, yep. and, you know, all that sort of thing. Now, um, the other thing is, you know, once in a while you hear this... Uh, that hockey is such an expensive sport. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, yes, there's some truth to that. But on the other hand, folks, there is such a cooperation amongst the parents and the organization to have hand-me-down equipment mm-hmm. um, and, and exchanges as, as kids grow. And then younger kids come along and they get the the hand-me-downs and so on and it, it makes this this cost factor um nearly disappear yeah um i know that we ourselves have a, a whole stockpile of equipment for little kids for these learn to play programs um prior to when we partner with the blue jackets that we would give out for free mm-hmm. i know the ayha has piles of equipment that um, other kids have outgrown or are not using anymore that they have and, and are willing to help other families out. Um, so it, it's uh, the, the teamwork that hockey takes doesn't just happen on the ice. It, it happens within the parents and within the organization, and we all want everybody to succeed. And it's, it's why it's such a great sport to be a part of. It, it's, it's everybody working for everybody else, and ultimately these kids have great experience. It's well, well worth it. The, the life lessons... You know, there may not ever be anybody out of Athens that makes the NHL. Um, maybe there is. I don't know. But uh, that's not what it's all about. It, it, the life lessons that these kids will get by playing hockey. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without some of the things I learned as a hockey player as a young child. But the NHL, okay. I mean, that's the ultimate. There are uh, adult programs oh, yeah. under that. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, just like in any sport. Um, yeah, you all want to be in the NHL, yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, there's there's smaller cities that offer those smaller teams, or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I can remember Columbus had one be- long before they had the Blue Jacks. Yep, yeah, it's, um, there's opportunities everywhere, and. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can promise if you get your kid, if you yourself get involved in hockey, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're not going to regret it. You're going to find good people involved, um, and uh, you're going to have a great time and, and really exciting, and you're going to enjoy yourself. 
what have I failed to bring out? We've got about three or four minutes left. Um, you know, the, the, the thing I just go back to over and over, folks, is the excitement. There is no way watching a television set, uh, listening to a radio broadcast, that you can fully appreciate the speed, the intensity, um, you know, just all of that stuff. And, it, and you know what adds to the excitement, too, is if, if you watch my guys, you ever get a chance to meet them off the ice or, or watch them even getting on on and off the ice and how they interact with the kids that are sitting there for, for high fives. Um, these are people that you can root for. Like, you want them to succeed. They're good people, good good young men, um, very high values, great character. And uh, I, for me, anyway, you know, those are the kind of people that I want to cheer on and, and that I root for. Now, we're airing a weekly program with you, right? Yes, the and Culture Show. It's over on uh, Power 105, is it? Correct. Okay. Yep. What day of the week is that? Wednesdays at 7.30. Wendy, Wednesdays at 7.30. And where does that show emanate from? Uh, right now, we do it right out of Bird Arena. Okay. Um, but in January, uh, we're going to start doing it at Buffalo Wild Wings okay. here in Athens. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, you know, feel free to drop back in and... and Bring us up to date on the um, success of of your uh, team, and um, uh, you know what? Let's see. What's a hockey expression? <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, well, anyway, uh, just uh, great success to you guys. Okay? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. You bet. We are nine seventy W A T H party line. Scott, what do we what do we have yet this week? We don't know, do we? Well, we got holidays. That's what it is. That that kind of we'll have a Thanksgiving special, of course, musically speaking, uh, on Thursday morning, and um, so uh, we'll see what Uncle Chuck has uh, up his sleeve, right? Yes. Um. Let's see here. I guess we can do. I think we can do this right here. No, I guess not. <laughs> Let's see, maybe this one. Click on the green arrow. Okay, I'm trying. There you go. You may think seatbelt laws are no big deal. Well, you couldn't be more wrong. Cops are cracking down day and night in the city, in the country, and all points in between. Make no mistake, if you don't buckle up, you will get caught and you will get a ticket. Even if you've gotten away with not buckling in the past, things are about to change. Cops are serious about seatbelt safety, so don't kid yourself. Buckle up every time or get a ticket. Click it or ticket. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. At Ohio Health, we believe change can be good, and much has changed throughout the years. Our primary care has expanded. Our departments have gained recognition and certification for their excellence. We are committed to treating Southeast Ohio to the best care and the best medicine possible. Visit OhioHealth.com slash to see all the changes we've made for the good of our region. All right, well, uh, folks, weather-wise, it's supposed to get up to 61 degrees. How pleasant will that be today? And uh, winds uh, just southerly, if you will, 7 miles per hour. Tonight, 44, not nearly so cold. We won't have to scrape the windows in the morning. Uh, But there is a listing of 90% precipitation. And uh, they say between a quarter and a half an inch could be possible. So uh, we'll have to watch that very carefully. Um, and then these winds, 20 to 40 miles per hour on Wednesday. This is CBS News on the Hour. Real news, real reporting. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. For the first time, we're hearing from the Indiana grandfather charged with negligent homicide and the death of his 18-month-old granddaughter. Sam Anello tells CBS's David Begno he thought a window was closed on the family's Royal Caribbean cruise when he held little Chloe up to look out. She fell 150 feet to her death. You know, initially, I couldn't, I couldn't help but blame myself, but I know that, I know that I, if there was a sign, if there was a something that indicated there was 
an, a chance for that window to be an opening, that this wouldn't happen. And Ello tells CBS he wants Royal Caribbean to put up signs near open windows. The White House has just filed an appeal of yesterday's ruling from a federal judge ordering the president's former counsel, Don McGahn, to testify before House investigators. Advisor Kellyanne Conway. This is one judge, an Obama-appointed judge. This is not unexpected, but it's also not sustainable. There was a 20-minute lockdown at the White House and the Capitol last hour. CBS's Ben Tracy was in the White House briefing room. There were reports of an unidentified aircraft in restricted airspace. It does appear that the military did scramble some fighter jets. They do not believe that that aircraft that violated the airspace is hostile. Everyone's back in place now. Two winter snowstorms are doing a double whammy on the north and the Midwest. This woman managed to get an early flight out of Denver International. We were having a huge family get-together and we started to get really nervous about making it in time. So we called to see if we could switch and they made it very easy. The airport has canceled more than 460 flights. 13 French troops have died in a helicopter collision in West Africa. The two helicopters were flying very low in support of ground troops on an active mission in Mali when they collided. All 13 men on board were killed in what was the deadliest French military operation in 36 years. France leads the fight against Al-Qaeda and ISIS-linked groups in the West African Sahel region. President Emmanuel Macron called the men heroes and said their only aim was to protect. Elaine Cobb, CBS News, Paris. It's tough to get a rise out of hardened New Yorkers, but people were doing double takes as FedEx androids rolled around Lower Manhattan. The New York Post says lawyers for the city's Department of Transportation have ordered same-day bots off streets and sidewalks.